and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We are here in the beginning of November. We can hardly believe it. We super quickly ran through October. We had Halloween, which was so much fun. Last week, if you missed it, we had Bookfest at Tiffany's on yes. to tell her favorite scary stories, real and fake. Sometimes you didn't even know if it was real no, or fake. She, she did a really tell. good job. Well, and her her storytelling, I thought was really cool because she just like, I don't know, embodied it, whatever she was telling. Yeah. She really had a way of making you feel like she actually had the scary thing happen to her. She really felt like the main character and it was really cool. But anyway, so we've motored through that and now we are almost at Thanksgiving, which is crazy. We still have a couple more weeks. (laughs) I don't know where the time (laughs) is going. Like this pandemic, I can't believe we're going to, you know, I don't know. We're going to be in two years in March, which is still obviously like a decent way off, but I don't know. It just feels crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Time's flying right by. So today for our topic, we wanted to focus on something that's been in our liberty for weeks and weeks. We, you know, followed the story. We were really invested and we wanted to make sure that we knew what was going on when it was going on. And now that everything is settled with this particular story, we thought it might be a good time to do a big recap, a timeline, tell everybody what went on in real life and then address some of the conspiracy theories that were had along the way. And we felt like it wouldn't be respectful or constructive to talk about these conspiracy theories at the time of the event before things were decided and figured out and studied. But now that everything's all said and done, we did want to kind of look back, address, you know, what people did think, why they thought that. And, you know, with saying, of course, at the top that, These are all not real. They are conspiracy theories, but people got so wrapped up in this particular story that we just, we had to cover it. And um, that of course is the story of the disappearance and murder of Gabby Petito. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, look at the buildup there. I'm like, what case is it? What case is it? You know, (laughs) what's it going to be as with everything we want to kind of give a, you know, some background, um, we really outlined the whole timeline for uh, Gabby and Brian's trip and the things that happened afterwards. I know when I first started looking up this case as it was going on um, and unfolding on Reddit, the timeline was something that always was kind of annoying because it just seemed to change. And I feel like what you were saying now that the case has at least gotten to a point where we have some answers, um, the timeline is a lot more concrete and clear. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like, I don't know, it just is, it's super helpful to have kind of what we know written down and what we, now that we know where things were leading up to, um, everything else kind of makes more sense. Like once you had the conclusion, it was so much easier to see kind of the steps along the way that led them to this unfortunate ending. Yeah. All right. So this story is obviously about Gabby Petito, who at the time this year, when this all happened, was 22 years old and her fiance, Brian Laundrie, who was 23. And their story for this, you know, purpose really begins in July, on July 2nd, 2020, which is when the couple got engaged. And then their van journey actually begins on December 11th, 2020. This is when they buy the 2012 Ford Transit van that becomes so central to other parts of this case. Next, we move to July 2nd, 2021. This is the big event. They're kicking off their tour across the country. And it's kind of crazy because it's actually one year to the day after they got engaged, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if they planned it that way. I doubt, I doubt they did. It was probably just a good day to leave, but, um, they depart blue point, New York for their four month cross country journey in this van, which (laughs) I couldn't do it alone with somebody living with somebody else in that, uh, no, 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 no. In that confined area, can you believe it? Like, and no. to think like they were already having problems, which we know right. now. Yeah. Like for them to agree to stay in this confined space together, it just, my God, like no wonder tensions were high. No wonder right. things escalated the way they did. Now, granted, I mean, 
I don't know if we know what Brian's plan was and like when it was formulated or when it was likely formulated, I'm sure, you know, there were inklings of things going on before they actually left on this trip. But I'm just saying, if you're trying not to murder somebody, (laughs) don't spend a four month period of time in a van with them cross country. Yeah. I would like to know, I I didn't look up what the dimensions are, but like they could put a bed pretty much in the back of that van and had a little bit of space around it. Like that is, you're really testing a relationship for even the strongest relationship. Big time. I wouldn't make it. No, I wouldn't either. Mm -mm, No. So our story then kind of kicks into gear. They're on their trip July 4th through August 11th. Again, this is 2021. They stopped at various locations across Kansas, Colorado, and Utah. July 12th is really when the story starts to really unfold and we start to, um, you know, see the events start to escalate. So they're in Moab, Utah, and police are alerted about an altercation between a couple, a male and female seen arguing, um, potentially, you know, there were a couple of witnesses, different reports about um, hitting, grabbing Brian, trying to keep Gabby out of the van. And the police actually pulled them over. I believe it was just for a traffic stop initially. They had been reported about the van, uh, but they were going super, I don't know, like 45 or something in a 15 mile per hour zone. And they pulled them over and then, you know, start to get into the whole domestic situation that they had been alerted to. All of this police body camera footage is available online. So if you want to watch the whole thing, you can go and take a look at that. But the police ultimately decided that the couple was going to split for the night. Gabby, uh, because she was actually determined to be the primary aggressor in the case, was going to be in her van. And then Brian being termed, you know, the victim, he would be staying in a hotel. Ironic, isn't it? I know. And meanwhile, who's the genius who came up with the idea to have this young 22-year-old girl stay in a van by I herself? No, that was the thing I was thinking about too. How scary. Like, Horrifying. and you're in the middle of, like, of, they obviously don't know anybody because the police asked them, do you have friends or something that one of you could stay with whatever they knew they were from out of state they knew they didn't have anybody in the area so it's like just go stay in a van somewhere go find a spot to stay in the van yeah like seems super safe but okay terrifying to me like i i don't know at that i couldn't do this to begin with because i'd just be worried about that type of thing the whole time but to be i don't know at this point in things and having to you know go it alone I don't know. Completely by yourself. Oh my gosh. In a strange place. Also how ironic that Gabby was determined to be the primary aggressor in the situation. Yeah. And I know she turns up dead. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've watched some other um, videos or listened to other podcasts and stuff, kind of reviewing how this was handled. And there's a lot of controversy out there, obviously about how this was handled and what could have been done, what should have been done. And it's just, it's awful to look back on and see, you know, what kind of unfolded and yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a hard one. Um, so then things we don't really, you know, know much aside from the happy posts that continue on Instagram, but on August 17th, I thought this was kind of a weird little, um, rendezvous that Brian took August yes. 7th. Yeah, yeah. It made no sense to me. Um, he flies from, so they're in Salt Lake city, Utah, and Brian flies back to Tampa, Florida. And according to his attorney, he was returning there to obtain some items and empty, um, a storage unit and also close out the storage unit that belonged to the couple to Brian and Gabby. And this was to save some money because they were contemplating extending the road trip. So to me, that says, all right, I'm closing out my affairs. I'm finishing things off because I am planning on finishing off my fiance. Yeah. Or this relationship, like even just to be Mm -hmm. a little more. Well, and the thing that's just weird too, they're strapped for money in the police cam, uh, body cam footage. They, the police asked them, do you have money to stay at a hotel to Brian originally first? And he's like, not really. Um, and, and he's saying, you know, that he's going back to close out this storage unit to save money from paying the monthly fee, but a round trip flight from Salt Lake city to Florida, 
like it's I don't I don't little, know you could yeah. get your parents or somebody in Florida to like help out and clear that out and close you couldn't close it out over the phone or something like right. I don't know like it just yeah. it doesn't seem right and yeah like you said he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth here on one hand he doesn't have the money to stay in a hotel right but on the other hand he has time to take at time and money to take a um trip right in the middle of his vacation to yeah. go all the way back to Florida, close out the storage unit and fly all the way back. Right. Right. And it was confirmed that, um, these tickets were paid for by the couple's joint bank account, uh, joint funds, I guess. I don't know if it was necessarily at a, an account, but they both went in on the tickets together. So I don't know. It just seems very strange to me. Definitely. Um, so then on, on August 23rd, Brian comes back to, I was almost going to say California there. He returns to Salt Lake City, Utah. I don't know why I'm thinking California. Um, then we moved to August 25th where uh, Gabby's mom said this was the last time she actually spoke with Gabby. She uh, said that Gabby told her that she and Brian were leaving Utah and headed to the Grand Teton and Yellowstone National Parks in Wyoming. And on the 25th, we also have Gabby's last Instagram post, which was not geotagged. So we don't really know where she was, you know, when that was posted. So August 27th, this is a big date here. It's and a big day. Yeah, there's several things to remember here. The first was that Gabby and Brian were spotted by a witness. And a lot of these witnesses have gone on some form of social media and even you know, mainstream media telling their story. So you can definitely find these people out there, but they were spotted at this restaurant called the Mary Piglet, which was a restaurant. I know. I'm like, how did they come up? What, what not is that so even? Mary Piglet. Oh, also, yeah. it's so creepy how, ugh, I don't know. All, everything in retrospect is just oh, it's so terrifying creepy. because there were so many red flags, so many signals, not to say mm -hmm. the Mary Piglet is a sign or signal, but right. just some of this other stuff, <laughs> like they were very publicly at yes. each other's throats. Yes. And yeah. so it's crazy that like this still happened, even though like they had all these witnesses watching right. them fight, they had cops, you know, telling them to stay in separate locations, like what? Like, of, of course, in some degree, like, of course, this happened. Of course, it ended this way. Right. But I wonder, too, if the fact that, you know, they're they're constantly moving kind of leads to it also, you know, they're going to different states, different areas within the states. Um, yeah, no one knows them. Yeah. Like, uh, you just you don't know, um, you know, if, if they had stuck around even just a certain area a little bit longer, there could have been more reports and the same officers could have been in contact with them again and then kind of been like, all right, this is definitely, you know, a bigger situation than, weird. than we first thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this Mary Piglet was not so Mary. The <laughs> <laughs> Brian uh, was actually seen screaming at the hostess. He was just going nuts. Apparently it was something about the bill. I don't know. There's been kind of different reports on that, but they did see Gabby who was in tears and she was kind of going in and out of the restaurant, coming back in and, and apologizing for Brian, who was just, you know, losing his mind. We also, this is the time that Gabby's mother receives the last text from her. So her mom got this text saying, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. And looking back, and I assume maybe even at the time, her mom thought this was weird because Gabby's grandfather was named Stan, but Gabby never called him Stan. You know, I, I don't know what she called him, like right. grandpa or, you know, obviously right. like a grandfather name, not Stan. Yeah. Which is so it's weird that, because, you know, who would call him Stan? Probably Brian. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, it, it just kind of theorizing that Brian didn't know what she called him and was just like, well, Stan, I don't know, whatever she called, you know, is it pop up? Is it grandpa? Like, you know. Right. Who knows? Right. Right. Um, And so then we get this kind of famous footage that uh, that's out there to another YouTube family who was doing this cross-country kind of van life thing, Red, White, and Bethune, they had, I know, I'm like, uh, you're you're stretching it there, but I mean, we yeah, are you're, Betsy that's, Boss that's is our podcast a... name, so I don't know how much we can. <laughs> yeah, we can't throw stones yeah. in a glass house here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
they had a GoPro on the front dash of their van and they were driving through the Spread Creek dispersed camping area in, I'm going to read this whole thing. So it's the Spread Creek dispersed camping area in the Bridger Teton National Forest in Wyoming. <laughs> that is a doozy. It's a lot. And they after the fact, you know, after this story kind of hit the news, they went back and saw their footage and actually saw that they captured the van on the 27th there parked. And then just kind of rounding up August, we just have a couple more. So on, on August 29th, there was, there's a lot of social media, you know, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff, which I think is really cool. They play a huge, yeah, huge, huge part in this. And Gabby, wasn't she like sort of a wannabe influencer or an actual yeah. influencer? I mean, yep. so she was documenting this trip from start to finish, mm-hmm. which in a lot of our stories are, you know, victims end up losing their lives because, or at least partially because they were so gung-ho about documenting exactly where they were every mm-hmm. single moment. Mm-hmm. In this case, it almost kind of left a trail of breadcrumbs oh, for yeah. investigators to figure out, okay, where was she at this time? Where was she at that time? Was she still alive on this date? Mm-hmm. You know, this at the third, it was, it's, it's helpful to have all of this paper yeah. trail. And I think that's part of the reason that this case became so popular. You know, if you want to say popular, um, so many people were interested in it was because there was so much out there social media wise for them to, for everybody online sleuth to dig through. And that's yeah. kind of why we're getting to this too, these conspiracy theories, because there are so, there is so much out there that people, you know, kind of took a lot of the stuff and, and really ran with it. So yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah. But this one TikToker on August 29th, she said that she and her boyfriend, who I believe were doing a similar type of thing to Brian and Gabby actually picked up Brian at the Grand Teton National Park at around 530 PM. And again, her, her, um, statement and she already gave it to the FBI and her statement is out there. I read that it was unconfirmed, like pretty much meaning the FBI never came out and said, you know, oh, we definitely believe that she saw him and gave him a ride. But, um, you know, her testimony seems to be backed up by another witness witness who said that she picked up Brian actually 45 minutes after getting out of the car with the first, first witness. And he had apparently freaked out when he realized in the first car that they were taking him the opposite direction that he thought he was getting a ride to. And so he was like, stop, 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 let me out, you know, kind of crazy. He gets out and then this next person comes along and picks him up and ended up dropping him off at the entrance of the Spread Creek area, which was, again, where we saw the car was parked. So then finally getting into August 30th, Gabby's mother gets the last text from Gabby's phone, which she has outright said she doesn't believe was from Gabby. And it says no service in in Yosemite. And everybody believes that this was probably Brian using it. It was a mistake because they weren't even going to Yosemite. They were going to Yellowstone. Um, And so, you know, it's already getting sketchy here uh, when we get to the 30th. Oh, it's so creepy. And like, how sad. Oh my gosh, man. Um, But yeah, so between August 30th and September 1st, um, we have some actions by Brian um, that just, you know, are hinky and help to track what was going on. So Brian, over the course of these two days, August 30th to September 1st, uses a Capital One bank debit card and a personal ID number for two different bank accounts, both of which belonged to Gabby. Now, this is weird. This just Mm -hmm. ain't right. Um, He used this in Wyoming. He used it elsewhere. And this is all according to federal court documentation. And those documents said that he, via these two different accounts of Gabby's, obtained things of value aggregating to a thousand dollars or more. So what this translates to is Brian was using her money to buy himself shit. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it was honestly just looking back. I've seen other people say this with that van and that what you're going to get into next. I bet it was just to fuel up and stuff. Cause that thing probably and food and like all of this, like that probably probably a major burner. 
oh yeah. And he's out there by himself now, right. you know? So he's, he's got to fuel the rest of his journey right. with, you know, fuel for himself and fuel for the road. This was Gabby's van from the beginning. So it kind of adds insult to injury that he's using her van to drive around. And it'll especially be a slap to the face when he returns in her van without her. Yeah. But yeah, you, I think you're probably right because a trip like this costs a lot of money to just keep yourself alive and keep moving. So, whew, but for him to use her bank oh, account to do that, not great. No. So on September 1st, Brian gets home to North Point, Florida in the van without Gabby, mm-hmm. as we said, and a license plate reader at the Sumter Boulevard exit of I-75 detected a white van, their white van, entering the city of Northport at approximately 1026 a.m. Now, just to keep it all in the timeline here. And so he's home for a couple of days. And then on September 4th, he buys himself a new phone and opens a new account with AT&T. And, you know, the family attorney confirmed all of this, which is weird because he was known to use burner phones um, in the past. And this is just a really weird one to me. I don't I don't I haven't seen a ton out there that really makes sense, you know, speculation wise as to why he did that. It just is a weird thing to do, in my opinion. Yeah. And the timing isn't great. Like you're going to get yourself another burner phone. Well, this was actually not a burner phone. That's well, more the thing. permanent phone. I yeah. Guess. And that was the thing that was out there to begin with was everybody thought it was a burner phone he got. And then I guess records showed he that he actually opened a new account altogether, which just, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like why change your ways then? It's almost like right. retroactive, right. like yeah, trying to be a good guy or something. After right. You tell your yeah. Girlfriend. I don't right. know. New phone, new man. Like, I don't know. New phone, new man. Exactly. <laughs> new account. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So from September 6th to 7th, the laundry family goes camping itself as a family this time. And they go to this campground in Fort DeSoto Park. And according to the family attorney, the family camped from September 6th through September 7th. And they all left the park together. Now this makes up you know, a big part of the conspiracy theories that come into play later on, because what are you going to do? You all as a family need to go camping right then and there after this disappearance. Right. It just doesn't check out to me. Yeah, We definitely get into this later. Yeah. So keep it in mind. Yeah. Yeah. So keep that in mind, September 6th to 7th. So September 11th, never forget, Gabby's parents report her missing and the family reports Gabby missing to the Suffolk County Police Department in New York at approximately 6.55 p.m. And when the police in Florida knocked on the laundry's door that night, the parents immediately, they already were lawyered up. They they were all ready. They knew, obviously, that something was going down and they you know, the number that they handed the cops was the number to their personal attorney. So that just goes to show you, I mean, it should have been been then and there. Dirty laundry. Exactly. So all this happens on September 11th and then September 13th or 14th, we don't know which Brian goes hiking and he enters the Carlton reserve at the, I know, (laughs) I think it's me my I believe so we should be pretty good with like our schuylkill and all that type of I think so. you know because yeah, we've, we've got all the native american names. names up here yeah exactly so yeah brian enters the carlton reserve at the Myakahatchee creek environmental park and brian's a big nature guy you know it's not terribly surprising that he's constantly going camping but like dear god i mean I it's know. clear that he was trying to get lost you know yeah yeah and especially in retrospect. Exactly. So he left, he took the family's silver Mustang and he left home wearing a hiking bag with a waist strap. He left home without his wallet and without his cell phone on the day that he disappeared. Um, so originally Brian's parents said he left on September 14th. Later on, they did revise their statement and said, okay, no, he did leave on the 13th. And Brian's attorney also actually said that he spoke with Brian for the last time on September 13th. So that also kind of corroborates that statement. 
So on September 13th, Chris Laundry, Brian's father, goes to search for Brian at night after he didn't come home. And he did end up giving up, obviously, a really right. impassioned search here because he got wet and it was dark. Right. And right. so he just, he left oh, well. home. Good luck, Brian. Oh, well, I guess he's out there. Good luck. But Brian, as we've noted in previous episodes, was quite the little wilderness explorer. He did kind of know how to stay alive out there in the wilderness and how to get around. He was his own little campfire boy instead of campfire girl, going back to one of our earlier episodes. (laughs) Going back to a hot topic earlier on, literally a hot topic. Yep. Because it was a campfire. Yep. But yeah, so he, I guess they probably didn't have that much urgency in looking for him or they knew he was a, you know, cold hard killer. So they decided to just leave his ass out there. Either way, Chris turns around and goes home. So the next day on the 14th, Chris and Roberta Laundry, mom and dad, return to the reserve and they see the Mustang. They see the summons for being parked overnight. And they spent several hours looking for Brian this day on the 14th, but they couldn't go off the trail because the area was really flooded. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a crappy search because you know, they're just really restricted to the trail itself, which obviously we know our little wilderness explorer was not restricted to (laughs) the trail himself. Right. So on the 15th, the day after Chris and Roberta come back to the park again, they bring the Mustang home so it doesn't get towed. And Brian gets named as a person of interest the same day. So we're starting to get hot on the trail. It's starting to look very suspicious that Brian disappeared after coming home with the girlfriend's van without the girlfriend. And, you know, now suddenly you're disappeared. Okay. This is getting a little, little too much for us. You're a missing, you're a suspicious person. You're a person of interest here. Yeah. So two days later on the 17th, Brian's parents report him missing. So now they don't even know where his ass is. (laughs) The search begins the next day. And this, wilderness park guys it is twenty four thousand acres it is huge this carlton reserve like good luck you know you gotta you gotta pull out the big dogs here because he gone okay the big big dogs including dog the bounty hunter right we actually don't really get into but yeah (laughs) exactly oh my gosh so on September 19th. So they're both missing for this span of a few days from, you know, the 13th through the 19th. We don't know where either one of them is. And I think you and I spoke about it. You know, we were just like, what the hell? First Gabby, now Brian. Yeah. We were actually recording one, one episode and we were like, oh, let's look up and see what the latest thing was. And you saw that, I guess it was just reported that he was missing now. Like, oh, great. Now he's officially gone. So we're like, dear God, and you know, whose body's going to turn up first at this point? I don't think we thought at the time, and I don't think anybody really thought, um, I mean, I won't speak for everybody else, but I'll speak for myself. I didn't think at the time that Brian's body would be what we were looking for. I thought he fled the coop I did too. and being a little wilderness explorer. I think we thought, okay, he can survive out there. He feels confident he's escaping and he's going to run and try to live off the land like freaking dog, the bounty hunter <laughs> until he meets his device demise. Yeah. Um, so we weren't expecting his body to pop up. No. At least I wasn't. No. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I thought it was either going to be, they catch him alive or they don't find any sign of him. Cause he's out of the country or something. Exactly. Exactly. And I figured the parents smuggled him out to God yeah. knows where, you know, whatever. Exactly. Um, so on the 19th, we find Gabby and her body was found in Wyoming wasn't far from where the van was last seen in the YouTube video. So it it adds up. Um, we find her and only two days later on, um, earth, wind and fire day on the 21st of September, the body is confirmed to be Gabby's body. And the cause of death is ruled a homicide. So, you know, we, it's really heating up now. We know it's, it's picking up. Yeah, definitely. It's picking up. We know Brian's on the run. We know that he did it. At least we're pretty freaking sure. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. They definitely hadn't nailed him at that point, but we had. (laughs) Right. Right. Yes. He's still a person of interest at that point. I believe he might even be at this point too. I don't know if they ever named him a suspect, even though he's dead now, but you know, right. Yeah. We all know. Gosh. 
Yeah. So on the 23rd of September, an arrest warrant was issued for Brian Laundry. And ironically, it's not for the murder of his girlfriend, right. but it was for the unauthorized use of a Capital One debit card and PIN code. So this kind of, again, brings us back to that fateful day back in August. Yeah, it was back at the end of August, the beginning of September, when Brian made those purchases amounting to $1,000 under Gabby's credit card. So man, I mean, things are starting to really come together now. Brian, we know that he's using her cards. We know that he's on the run and we know that Gabby's dead of a homicide. Right. Um, And on September 26th, we have our memorial service for Gabby in New York. And this is, I don't even know on October 7th. Now we're getting, it's crazy because now we're coming to the point where we're just about a month from where we are now a month ago. Yeah. So we, you know, this was just such a hot case. I feel bad calling it a hot case, but people were really into this case trying to figure out who done it. What's the deal? Where did Brian go? How did he disappear? Are the parents in cahoots? Whatever. Yeah. Where in the world is Brian Laundry? Laundry. (laughs) (laughs) But on October 7th, Brian's dad joins the search and he shows everybody some of his favorite spots in the reserve. And he told the police officers all of this information weeks before. He's like, okay, here's some of the, some of the spots, you know, to look. And I think this is where he could be. And he's helping out trying to trying to find him. Now, to me, this looked like, okay, yeah, you're trying to help out. Like, great. Show us yeah. all the your favorite spots that right. he might have gone to. Like, all right. But you know, I, know. I thought that was just a bunch of bunch of hooey. But, you know, who knows at this point? Although I will say I was surprised when looking into this a little further. My perception was that he joined right at the the day, spoiler alert, that Brian was found. I didn't realize, though, that he officially joined the search um, a little bit before that. But I don't know. It just, you know, he he told them a couple weeks before they, uh, Roberta and Chris, they told... Roberta and Chris told the police, you know, before, obviously, oh, he usually would, you know, go to these areas. And now he's joining and helping to search for him. But I agree with you. It's kind of like, I don't know. Is it? Why weren't you out there to begin with? I don't know. The whole thing just kind of feels weird. And it's uh, right. Like only once we find, you know, your kid, you can start to join and like, whose side are you on? Right, right. Exactly. Not good. But Mm -hmm. Anyway, so on October 12th, so I remember we also recorded um, and discussed the case between the 7th and the 12th Mm -hmm. because we knew that Gabby had been found, but we didn't know what the cause of death was. And on the 12th, we find that out. It was strangulation. The coroner determined that. Um, And on the 20th, Brian's parents go back to the reserve again And they finally find Brian. They find his partial remains, which, ew. And they find several items that belonged to him. And we will come back to this further later in detail because these details do have something to do with one of the conspiracy theories for this case. So we'll give you the details of what they found with Brian's partial remains. Um, So the next day on the 21st, it was confirmed through the dental records of the partial remains that the remains were in fact, Brian laundries and the preliminary autopsy was inconclusive on his cause of death. And it sounds to me like now granted I might be, you know, talking nonsense or whatever. And I don't know this for sure, but don't they tend to use dental records when they can't identify you through other methods? Like if the body is severely, you know, destroyed or, you know, has started to decompose or whatever. And that's the thing. I think it was described that, um, the, these remains were described as skeletal. So there really is not, um, you know, a great source of DNA that they could get easily. And so, yeah, dental records is your best bet then, you know, to line that up. And dental records were, I feel like used a lot more 
um, before DNA, you know, that was a big thing to God before DNA, it should have been like, you know, make sure your dentist has the latest x-ray of your teeth in case you ever go missing type of thing. You know, tell me about it. Don't neglect your teeth. Evidently, right. because, you know, <laughs> it could be used for things that you don't even think about. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the timeline there. It's a long one. It's obviously still unfolding because Brian's, well, the, the partial remains that have been identified as Brian, we'll go with conspiracy route here, um, have been sent off for further examination. And um, they, I forget which agency it was, uh, police agency said that they are going to try to see if they can find something to do DNA analysis on. But like you were saying, the preliminary autopsy, you know, they couldn't tell the cause of death. And if it's partial remains too, that, that isn't surprising. Um, so guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, gosh, I, I mean, it's a hundred percent, right. That he's got to have killed himself. Now, of course, when we go into these conspiracy theories, we'll, you know, explore that more, but my gosh, it just, I just, what drives somebody to do this aside from spending all your time in a van with somebody for Ugh. four months? No, you, you've got to, there's some, he had something wrong with him. <laughs> as we like to say. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, yes. exactly. Well, oh I guess now that we've gone through the timeline, now that we've di- you know, digested what all actually happened and what all we can determine to be fact, why don't we hop into these different conspiracy theories? Because they are really interesting. And like we said, this is a case that took the world by storm. It took social media by storm. People got really into this, especially Gen Zers, because this is their age group. This is an influencer. This is somebody who was, you know, connected to the people connected to other kids, her age. And they just seized on this. They have been into it since day one and have been trying to help out with this case. And these, these theories are a doozy. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll just start. Um, they are kind of, we gave the timeline just because these were going to kind of go in chronological order, kind of following the timeline. And the first two I'd say are really just kind of general ones that apply, uh, across the timeline. And I will say too, they're, we're using the term conspiracy theory loosely. It's conspiracy theories and also just kind of like, broader theories on on things you know unconfirmed type of type of ideas so first we have the general britney spears theory here i was just gonna say (laughs) it's very similar to the tiktok the folks on tiktok saying what is britney trying to tell us through her instagram posts what is she trying to communicate that she's not free to say you know in words but can say via her different posts and hints that she may be providing Right. So people went nuts and dissected all of Gabby's Instagram posts, like hardcore dissected them. And a lot of them feel like, oh, she's posting things that we can now go back and look at that are giving insights into her emotions at the time. So I just pulled one example that was on July 31st, 2021, she posted two pictures of herself on Instagram and she's outside, she's just wearing a gray top and white pants. And I don't know if it totally makes sense why she used these captions, but she's referring to the classic song, I'm blue, daba di, daba da. I always thought it was daba die, but okay. Me too. Me. <laughs> yeah. And then the second post, she, you know, goes on and says, blew his house with a blue little window and a blue Corvette and everything is blue for him. And then we see these online sleuths you know, kind of saying, is she trying to say that she was sad? Blue isn't sad, you know, looking into it and thinking, okay, this is giving a hint at her emotions during this time, what was going on, you know, she was clearly going through something. I don't know, I think, I think people really read into it, but I I could, it could just be like, that song was on and she liked that song or something. I don't know. Exactly. And, you know, she could have felt this way without it necessarily being a cry for help. She could have been expressing, you know, I'm feeling this way. Things aren't going so well with Brian. I'm sad. 
here's some sad stuff. Exactly. You know, but not necessarily my boyfriend's going to kill me. Right. Come help me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But who knows? I mean, you really don't know. No, that's, I mean, that's why I I don't know. I just always love conspiracy theories because whether I believe it or not, I just think it's so fun how people can take these random puzzle pieces that probably don't even exist and put them together and be like, oh, this means that clearly. So yeah, I I just think it's interesting to go through. Yeah. Well, the next one I feel like is kind of a similar format because, and it also reminds me a lot of our Asia degree case where people were grasping at straws. They were trying to figure out why she would have left her home willingly. That was the disappearance of a young child case where it seemed like there was nobody who broke in and entered. There was nobody who tricked her into leaving the home. It looked like she just left willingly and walked into the night and was never seen again. And one of the theories in that particular case was that Asia was reading a book about childhood adventures, a kid who leaves their home and goes on a bunch of adventures, whatever, and that she was inspired by that book to leave her home willingly. And this is kind of another literary inspired theory. So people are really um, thinking that people are getting like inspired by they they think they're going Chris McCann list on it, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're getting all that inspiration flowing. My yeah. gosh. Life imitates art, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So Brian was, I guess at the time he had posted about reading a horror satire novel called Lullaby, which was published in 2002. And somebody on on the internet, on Instagram, one of these armchair sleuths made a post that was suggesting that Brian was inspired by this book Lullaby. And it drew comparisons between how Gabby's case has unfolded and the lot of lullaby. So the central characters in this book are Mona and her boyfriend Oyster, who embark on a cross-country journey. Sounds a little familiar. So according to this Instagram post, Oyster and Mona travel from state to state on a search and destroy mission. They're looking for a book that they want to keep out of sinister hands because it contains a specific rhyme that when said kills people. So we got kind of a Samara situation here. We got a, um, you know, the ring situation where you watch the tape and you die. This is, you read the rhyme and you die or bloody Mary kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, Maybe we shouldn't read the whole thing, but it's a long post, but yeah, but you basically know, they go really into it. Well, in relevant part, this post says that at one point in the book, Oyster gets locked out of his car and it's the car that he and Mona share and he's locked out because he assaulted another character and he was abandoned on the side of the road with nothing to help him fend for himself. And Gabby and Brian, as we know, were also pulled over. The van was speeding, then abruptly swerved and hit a curb when police pulled them over. At the time, Gabby was in tears. She was hyperventilating. She was taking all the blame. She was saying, you know, she was mean to Brian, that Brian sometimes gets frustrated with her. And when Brian got asked about this, he said that they were fighting about little things. And he also does proceed to blame and gaslight Gabby who was in the back of the police car at the time being questioned too for a series of scratches on his face, hands and arms. And, you know, basically it just, it kind of lines up with this book, Oyster and Mona, Gabby and Brian, you know, they have a lot in common. There's assault, there's a car that they share, you know, it's, yeah, you know, if people again great great thought on the Asia degree thing too because people just love to be like well she wanted to go on an adventure like the main character well this one is like oh well he wanted to you know murder somebody or assault somebody or whatever on this cross-country trip you know just like the book so right yeah it was hardcore um what was the other book that we were talking about Oh, never mind. It was Asia Degree. The yeah, other The book, Whipping but... Boy was that book in, in yeah. Asia Degree, which I had never read, but yeah. Oof. Maybe we shouldn't because I we don't might think start so. to get some crazy ideas. <laughs> yeah, we might start running in the middle of the night. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this next theory is one that I completely don't think is true at all. After watching the video, I even tried to take some still shots out of it, but it's so quick that... Yeah, I'm just not believing this. So 
Um, this is the theory that while uh, pulled over in Moab, Utah by the police, again, this is August 12th, so Gabby and Brian are in the van. You can see on the police body cam footage, this police officer is approaching Gabby's side of the car. She, it's theorized, makes the kind of universal hand signal. This is the violence at home signal for help. And I'm sure we'll post something about this on Instagram, but the way that you, that it's done is if you take your hand, you kind of, you know, fingers outstretched, you pull your thumb in. And then the second part of it is to kind of curl all your fingers that are up down around your thumb and trap your thumb. And now, meanwhile, I don't know if you learned this in school, but we had to do this when we had to go to the bathroom. This was like a bathroom signal, (laughs) although in sign language for, I think sign language for bathroom is very similar to this, except instead of trapping your thumb completely in the remaining four fingers, you let your thumb Ah, kind of like escape out in between the two sets of fingers. (laughs) Anyway, to me, this is kind of at school. We're probably mistakenly doing the violence at home signal, you know, not letting exactly. (laughs) They were like, please wait a minute. My dad beat the shit out of me at home. And they're yeah. like, no, Johnny, you can go to the bathroom. Yeah, go you, ahead. you're fine. You can go. Yeah, you're all set. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, to me, it just looks like the police are coming up to the window and she kind of, she, she does a lot of body movements throughout the uh, footage that are kind of self soothing and kind of like pulling into herself. To me, it just kind of looked like it was kind of a, one of those like retracting and kind of like pulling her hand into herself and kind of like curling her fingers to me it didn't looked a little crazy so I don't know yeah maybe a little attenuated well this next one is definitely also attenuated as the dickens yeah so (laughs) and the theory centers around the fact that people think Gabby might have been pregnant And they think that they saw a picture of a sonogram in the YouTube video from August 27th. And they also, you know, they just jumped on this. It's clear confirmation bias, in my opinion, that they were like, okay, let's find a bunch of other evidence that confirms this one theory that we have. So Brian Laundrie's mother happened to have a Pinterest board that had the title, Oh Baby, and had a bunch of baby items on it. Now, I don't think this means diddly squat. I think Brian's mom probably just liked babies, was into babies like older women tend to be. I mean, (laughs) right. You know, she she probably grandchildren. I mean, granted, they weren't babies, but yeah, Brian's sister had two boys. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So it's not that far off. I mean, hell, people have wedding Pinterest boards and, you know, never have any hope of getting married. (laughs) Uh, hello not talking about anybody in particular but (laughs) Mm, no no don't know anyone like that oh yeah so I I will say that the footage is just kind of weird um for the fact that there's like random stuff strewn about there's obviously a close-up of a spiral notebook which who knows could be the one that's referenced you know being found with Brian and then there is some other like paper work and stuff on these logs as you approach the van. But yeah, I think it's just a little too, too crazy to like, why would they be out there like that? I don't know. It just, yeah, it's a little much. A little attenuated. Yeah. Um, so here's another one. I'd like to know if you used this acronym for, you know, so dumb. for another, you know, if you had to go to the bathroom, I need to, I don't know, something else in school. So the theory is that on, again, the August 27th text message about Gabby's grandfather referring to Stan. So it said, can you help, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. And people have theorized that Stan (laughs) stands for send the authorities now. And because help was now, written right before has it. Has this ever been used in this way? Well, that's the thing. People are out there saying like, okay, if if they had some code, she and her mom, okay, that's one thing. But clearly they didn't because her mom was confused as to why she was calling her grandpa Stan. And it's a little too coincidental that her grandpa is named Stan. And I don't know. I've never heard of this before. Like, I feel like people are making up acronyms on the spot. 
Yeah, it really does feel like that. And, <laughs> you know, again, if she didn't have some system with her mom, then there's no reason that Stan meant send the authorities now, especially right. when her grandpa's name was Stan. Exactly. I mean, come on, Occam's razor right here. We got to, you know, uh, Stan probably meant Stan. Like if you got a Stan in your life, right? come on. But the fact that help was right before it too, you know, it's thinking like, oh, it's really escalating the send the authorities now help, like help send the authorities right. now. Yeah, of course. Help send the authorities now, <laughs> aka with this acronym that we've never used before. We've never talked no one about, else has ever used no before. One knows. Yeah, right. Exactly. So whatever. But the next couple of theories all revolve around the idea that Brian's parents were in cahoots with him and were trying to protect him. Um, so this one is that the parents helped Brian escape from the campground at Fort DeSoto. And just an interesting fact on August 30th, Brian's mom actually canceled a camping trip that was originally planned for two people from September 1st through September 2nd. And on September 3rd, she rescheduled those plans for three people from September 6th to September 7th. And that's the, that's the camping trip that Brian went on with his family, the family camping trip that was awkwardly timed right after Gabby's disappearance. So Brian comes back. We know he comes back from his trip with Gabby on September 1st. The campsite they picked was site 001-Waterfront. And this, the thought here is that it would have been a really easy route for Brian to escape um, via boat on the waterfront. So, you know, this is all fine and good, but like, yeah, yeah, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing, I think, because we don't know what Brian said to them, but clearly the fact that they are canceling on the 30th and Brian doesn't come come home till the first he's clearly already been in contact with his parents so I don't know it's just weird because they cancel it all together and then on the third she decides you know what let's go camping like okay (laughs) I don't know it's It's definitely weird. weird and it definitely makes no sense but I think it's probably because they had a lot to discuss this family and they had a lot that Brian was probably afraid to discuss with them via text or call. So I'm sure, you know, this family needed to be secluded out in the woods to discuss some matters and to, you know, talk about kind of next steps, even if it wasn't, I'm guilty, I killed her, you know, maybe it was, Hey, listen, my girlfriend disappeared, right? I'm on the hook. Like, what do I do? Mom and dad. Yeah. And so she wasn't reported missing till the 11th, but we know that the parents, I'm just thinking of this now, Gabby's parents were trying to call them. I wonder if they went out there too, as an excuse to be like, oh, we were out here. You know, we don't get service, like didn't get your calls about your daughter. I don't, and we don't know what Brian was telling them. He could have said, you know, she broke up with me. She left and told me to just go back to Florida with the van. Like, we don't know what he told his parents at this point, especially because it's so early on. But yeah, it is very kind true. Of weird. Like, yeah, let's just go camping. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right now of all times. Yeah. Mm. Kind of strange. Um, all right. So here is probably my favorite one. This, this is, is my favorite yeah. too, because it's so funny. <laughs> and because TikTok, I mean, really took to this theory. People oh, yeah. loved this theory and they were posting videos of all different kinds of wacky things happening in the laundry backyard. So yeah, definitely get into it. This is a really fun one. Yeah, this is my favorite. So the theory is that Brian um, was hiding actually in a bunker that was in his parents' backyard. This all centers around some drone footage that was shot of the laundries gardening in their backyard in these two flower beds. And in the footage, you'll see Roberta kind of bend over into one of the flower beds. And it looks like you know, people are saying it looks like she's either taking something with her hand or giving something to a hand that kind of pops out from the flower bed. Now, I've seen a lot of commentary on this too, saying like, she's pulling a weed, it's just the shadowing, you know, there's nothing there. But it is really interesting. And the whole theory is that this bunker actually 
is not just under the flower bed, but kind of goes to this weird white box they have in the backyard. And then there's a shed a little further away. So you have kind of the flower beds and then you have the white box, which is kind of in the middle. And then you have the shed. Uh, the, the video that I saw though, that I first saw on this theory from a TikToker was she had Googled bunkers in Florida or like bomb shelters in Florida or something like that. And this photo came up that actually literally looks just like, it really, <laughs> yeah, just like the white box and little shed. Yeah, I can, I can see where they, you know, went crazy with this because it really does look similar to the laundry's backyard. And we'll post this on our Instagram because, you know, it just shows basically kind of a halfway point um, showing above ground and below ground sort of a, you know, diagram of how the, um, bunker is set up under the little hut in the backyard, under the fire pit and under the flower bed. And it really looks like it could be the laundry's backyard. It really does. I mean, that's what hooked me. I was like, Whoa, is that Brian there looking to go in, in the picture? There's there's someone like, is that the entrance? Thanks mom and dad. It really looks like like it. And I hate to say it too. I mean, I'm a sucker, but like, I saw those videos that the people were talking about that they seized on where, you know, it looked like a hand was coming up out of the ground. And I can see, I was like, what the hell What kind of weed is that? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That weed looks like a cabbage patch kid over here because (laughs) it looks like you're yoinking on a hand. Right. Right. It's, it's weird. And, um, so what they're saying that this white box is what, what the laundries have apparently said is that it's a fire pit a really weird and crappy looking fire pit if that's what it is but okay I don't know um it almost looks like um like where a body gets lowered into the ground in the uh at the cemetery like it's oh, sort of like set- one of those things that kind of like you rest the casket on or whatever exactly before it gets like put into the ground it really it's it's very unattractive and <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's kind of weird and the the image did it for me. The little graphic I just thought was so funny because it was spot on, you know, with the weird it little really box. is. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, you know, people have said with the water table down there, this, you know, many homes don't have basements in Florida, but I actually, I didn't really dig into it too much, but I did just kind of like Google bomb shelters, you know, in Florida. And there's a bunch of old articles out there about how this is, it was a thing during the cold war era and Florida specifically, like, you know, these are Florida newspaper articles and stuff like that. And I don't think it's out of the question that people in Florida were, you know, building bomb shelters and fallout shelters or whatever you want to call it. So who knows? Um, I think their house is, is newer, but that doesn't mean you know, I obviously haven't looked in the property records. I don't know what was there before. So who knows, you know, it could be a bomb shelter. I don't think they built one in the little bit of time that Brian was home. (laughs) They prepared it in that tiny bit of time that Gabby went missing because they knew Brian would be accused. Like, come on. Yeah. He called him on the 30th to give him a heads up. They canceled that camping trip and got to work. They yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think so, but I, that definitely is my favorite theory. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. This next theory basically has to do with the idea that Brian's parents planted Brian's body or knew where he was all along. In other words, that the search was futile. They already knew what was going on. So basically the theory that Brian's parents either you know, put the body somewhere or just knew where the body was is the center of this one. And um, basically this comes from the fact that the remains of Brian Laundrie were found by investigators at Carlton Reserve in Florida almost two months since he first disappeared. The FBI on October 21st confirmed that the human remains found belonged to Brian Laundrie, like we said, after the dental records of the skull were used to identify the body. So What was so strange about this is that obviously there was a huge, massive manhunt for Brian Laundrie that was underway. And this manhunt solved little to nothing of the mystery. But the discovery of Brian's body only came after Brian's parents got involved and they came to the campground. 
They came to the site. They helped the authorities and pointed them in a particular direction. So to that effect, the family attorney for the laundries said in a statement that some articles belonging to Brian were found. And a lot of people speculated that the place where Brian's remains were found was staged because basically, as one user on Twitter said, it took Brian Laundry's parents 30 minutes right. to do the job that trained professionals couldn't do in weeks. If you still believe that his parents aren't helping him, you're effed up. So basically, they were kind of, you know, following the theory that, okay, they had this manhunt going for weeks and nobody could find anything of Brian. Then suddenly you get the parents out there and they find him within 30 minutes. So people thought that was a little hinky. They didn't really understand why, you know, suddenly the parents come out here and they're kind of pretending to look around and really they know where he is the whole time. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. They probably knew the park a little bit better because it's their local place, you know. So from that perspective, maybe they, you know, knew where to look a little bit better. But it probably also just was sheer dumb luck, in my opinion. Well, and the the fact too, like the park had just recently. I don't know if it was that day or how soon before, but the park was recently just reopened to the public, and I think in part that was because the flooding had finally gone down. So the, the water was like eight to 10 feet higher than it normally was in that area specifically that Brian's body was found. So, you know, it, it's pretty clear that that was underwater at that time. And people are saying, well, they brought dogs in dogs, you know, can usually smell underwater like that, that scent can like bubble to the top or whatever. And it just, I don't know. I think, I think with that massive flooding, I think it's very believable that he was found right after the park was reopened because the flooding was finally, you know, had receded. So I don't know, those original searches that the family did, I'm sure didn't go in those areas because they couldn't with the flooding. And I don't know, the other thing too, is that we'll get into this in, I guess, this last kind of part of the theory too, but is that there could have been, um, scavengers like animals that did something to his body and it could be that it wasn't there at that point and again because it's only partial remains it's probably likely that some animals did get to it and it could have been scattered so I don't know I think it's it's kind of believable to me although I do think it is funny some of the TikToks that are out there I'm not gonna lie (laughs) it is funny and it's there's a lot of you know sarcasm and Um, bitterness because these people are like oh okay so you mean to tell me they had dogs they had cops they had professional searchers and who finds him but his own parents right right yeah yeah there is one funny one that I think I sent you where it's a guy that's like you know it says something read something like the laundry's out searching for Brian and then he just kind of like looks around sees nobody and throws this little toy skeleton on the ground and is like guys over here you know so So, funny yeah yeah there is definitely if anything this horrible tragedy has definitely led to a lot of funny um you know conspiracy theories and um sarcastic dark humor yeah and I mean uh, you got to think of it too like these people didn't help the potatoes so it's not like they're totally blameless people in this you know so I don't know I, I feel Maybe it's just me telling myself that, but I feel a little less bad about laughing about these TikToks about them. Yeah, no, that is very true. And I think that's kind of a point that we didn't super cover today, um, but we've talked about in previous episodes when we discussed this case as it was unfolding, but the Petitos pled with the laundries to help them find their daughter. They, you know, really were trying to appeal to them and say, how would you feel if it was Brian? How would you feel if it was your daughter? And there really wasn't much of a response, at least a publicized response from the laundries. And so you really do feel some kind of way about that, this whole family and the fact that, you know, I mean, they probably knew something, they might not have known everything, but in all likelihood, I mean, if it didn't come out over the course of that camping trip, then Brian's got to be like silent as a monk over here. Right. Right. Yeah. 
So just kind of the final one that that goes, it ties into this last one, but it's the theory that the remains that were found were actually not Brian's. And this again goes to people saying, you know, oh, it was only partial remains. So I have seen some memes and stuff out there of saying, because it was dental records that were used to confirm his identity. There's some pictures out there I've seen of people where it's like they've made Brian like missing a front tooth or whatever. And it's like, oh, you know, he just chucked a tooth and ran. Um, We don't know what they found specifically to be able to give them those dental records. But it's the thought that uh, it could be someone else. It could be planted. It could be Brian throwing out his teeth. And I even saw one that was crazy. It was like, well, he can live without some limbs. So like maybe he like cut off his amputated something and like escaped. And I'm just like. I don't know. It's, it's some crazy, crazy people out there think it's some crazy stuff, but it has been his remains. The remains that were found have been sent off um, to an anthropologist for further evaluation. And like we said, they are planning to try to do some DNA evaluation if it's possible. So I don't know. I don't know if we'll get further information, but it would be interesting if we did. Yeah. Yeah, it really would. And yeah, I think obviously that that theory will be put to bed as soon as this comes back, and right. you know, as soon as we get any more definitive information as to you know the remains being Brian's. But whoo, my gosh, we covered a lot today. <laughs> we did, yeah, definitely. It's an interesting case. I know we've you know been following it, and if we get any more updates that come out, we'll definitely make sure to cover cover them in our liberty, or who knows if there's enough information, we could even do another episode. So. Exactly. But yeah, obviously, you know, this is all in good fun. Um, and we, you know, hope that the investigation goes well as it continues to unfold. Um, and obviously this is a horrible tragedy and, um, you know, that's why we did want to wait and be respectful before, you know, going down the road of each of these conspiracy theories and, you know, as though they were true right now, you know, we can sort of, you know, examine them knowing that they're not and feel a little bit better about them. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. 